and I do without people who can sometimes see our potential better than we can. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the intersections of the psychology and the emotions of money, as well as the math of it, Because, you know, these are the elements that impact your results, your feelings, and your experiences when it comes to money. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad that you have tuned in today. I know it is a few months out, but the way time is moving, meaning swiftly, I wanted to put on your radar the next pricing masterclass. It is happening on June 10th, and if you want to join us, please go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. This experience is for you if you want to price more confidently, more strategically, and more profitably. Now, on to today's show. My friends, we are halfway through Women's History Month. And I must say, I am incredibly pleased with the notable decrease in articles and commercials about empowering women, especially those that adopt the message and the tone of, we're here to save her. Ugh. Those just drive me crazy, and I am just so glad that we are not seeing as many of them in Women's History Month 2021 as in previous years. And if you really want to understand my dislike for this savior posture, which I'm sure I probably have shared on the podcast before, but if not, and you want to read about it, then I invite you to check it out on my blog. I wrote a post some time ago. And you can find that at jacquettetimmons.com forward slash empower dash yourself. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash empower dash yourself. But in short, in my opinion, women want and need access and support. They want to improve their skills. They want to expand their network. And that's just to name a few things. But what they don't need is they don't need to be saved. At least I know this to be true of the women that I know and admire. And I'm going to presume the same is true of those I admire, but don't know. When I think of these women, I think of power. When I think of power, I think of the following characteristics, strength, influence, generosity, someone that is a creator and and creates things and experiences, And someone that is a multiplier, as in exponential, you know, going back to math class, (laughs) two to the power of three kind of a thing. I also think of their presence, especially those with a quiet one. So over the next couple of weeks, next couple of episodes, I'm going to share the stories of a few of these women. Their names may be familiar, or you may be quote unquote meeting them for the first time. Some of them have made history, others are still making it. 
each in their own way inspires me, teaching me a lesson about life, money, and business. For today's episode, I want to put a spotlight on two pioneering women entrepreneurs. One is a name that I am sure you are quite familiar with. That may be an assumption, but I think it's a safe one. The other, maybe not so much. So let me start with Madam C.J. Walker. Madam Walker is known as being the first black woman millionaire. She earned this title in the early 1900s, so think about that, for her hair care product, Madam Walker's Wonderful Hair Grower. And, 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 her, and her net worth, if you will, wasn't just based on her company or her hair care product. It was also based on the value of her real estate and other assets that she owns. So I don't know if you recall a previous episode where I talked about the three primary pathways to wealth, owning a business, investing in the stock market, investing in income producing real estate. But back to Madam Walker, her story reminds me of what makes for a solid business in that she developed a treatment to help with an issue she was having, a scalp disorder, and it turns out that others needed her product too. She sold her products directly to black women through her team of agents, or as she reportedly called them, her beauty culturists. And according to several sources, at the height of her business, she had as many as 20,000 agents. And for her agents, she organized the National Negro Cosmetics Manufacturer Association in 1917, folks. And why did she do this? Because she didn't believe in just creating economic freedom for herself. In 1914, she's quoted as saying, I am endeavoring to provide employment for hundreds of women of my race. Here's what else is, you know, her business reminds me of in terms of what makes for a solid business. And that is that she focused on brand recognition. So she created a system called the Walker system. And she made sure that the packaging of every product had her image on it. Again, I think of Madam Walker, and it just reminds me of the fact that I've yet to meet or read about an entrepreneur who isn't op 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 optimistic. And she's included in that because she incorporated her business in 1910, invested $10,000 of her own money, which she saved up from working with another uh, beauty product. And she did all of this without any guarantee of success. To me, those are all of the things that reminds me of what it takes to build a solid business. Now, here's the next person that I want to share with you, a pioneering woman entrepreneur, and it may be a name that you are unfamiliar with, and she falls into the category of a woman who is still making history. Her name is Janice Bryant Howrod. She's the founder and CEO of the largest privately held minority women-owned personnel company called Act One. In the 1970s, she started her staffing company with $1,500, a combination of personal savings and a $900 loan from her mother. 
the inspiration for her entrepreneurial endeavor? Working as a temporary secretary, that's what they were called back then, and recognizing executives in the entertainment industry could use help with hiring permanent and temporary secretaries. Well, today, <laughs> that $1,500 investment, let's, 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 let me just tell you how that pans out. Today, Act One has 2,600 employees, operates in 19 countries, and does about a billion, and that is with a B, in sales. Yeah, right? <laughs> I've listened to several interviews of Mrs. Bryant Howrod. I even follow her on Twitter. And there is just so much about her story that inspires me. For example, like Ms. Walker and other entrepreneurs, she started her business based on a need that she observed and she did it with her own money. Here's what else inspires me about her and her business. Act One is definitely a family business. She employs several family members, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, her own children at some point in time. But she had a rule, and I love this rule. Family members had to work at three different companies or have three promotions at the same firm before they could join Act One. Brilliant. And what's brilliant about that is, you know, first of all, it just completely, you know, addresses the expectation of what people may have around joining the business and there's no guarantee. And then it also is an equalizer if everybody has to do the same thing in order to join the family business. And it's really clear. Here are the requirements. You want to come and work at Act One? No problem. Here's what you've got to do first. Love it. So that's one thing. Another thing is that after initially resisting the suggestion to get certified as minority women, as a, as a minority women-owned company, um, she decided to do it. And she did it when she realized the expanded opportunities that doing so would create for her. But what I appreciate is this. She didn't initially want to do it because she didn't want to feel like she was only getting opportunities because of that. And yet, when she saw the opportunities that she might be excluded from because she didn't have that designation, she gave herself permission to change her stance. And I think that that is such an important uh, trait to have when it comes to business that sometimes you may have to move the needle on a posture or a position that you have taken. And she proved that, you know, it's smart to do that sometimes. And Here's the other thing that inspires me about her company. So, you know, Act One being a personnel company um, is in a situation where they have to place employees, they have to place talent inside a company, they've got to pay that talent before they are often paid by the company where they placed them. So based on the need that the company had, and do you notice a theme here? Madam Walker, and what I'm describing here with Act One, so much of what they created came from an observation that they had about a need, that, of a, a hole, of a gap that they could fill. 
So they built an in-house technology to help them with this, to help them with managing two inherent risks when it comes to placing temporary workers or even, you know, full-time staff in that you are outlaying money before you get it back, especially with the temps, right? So you've got to pay the temps before you get paid by the client and you want to make sure that you survive, right? That there's some long-term sustainability in the process. So if you listen to the interview that she, um, the conversation that she had with Guy Raz from the podcast, How I Built This, she tells the story of, you know, a client reaching out to her or a firm reaching out to her and they were in a pickle and her and her team were able to, you know, resolve this quickly. And they were able to resolve it because they used their own technology that they had built in-house. This wasn't some off-the-shelf private label thing. They built it in-house. So the client was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Let's have a talk about this technology. And initially, you know, it was about them selling the technology. And her brother, her brother Carlton was like, "Mm -mm, let's take a step back here. Hold up. Instead of selling the technology, why don't we sell it as a service? So I don't know if they thought of it this way or if they use this language, but to me, I'm like, hey, that's a software as a service business. Hot darn, she did this, I think, in the 90s, way before this was a common practice today. So I just, again, think that that's just freaking brilliant and that inspires me about her. But there's another reason that her story resonates with me. Her brother-in-law is the one who suggested she start her business in the first place. And what you may not know about me is that I started mine at the suggestion of someone who saw something in me that I hadn't recognized in myself. Thus the question at the top, what would you and I do without people who can sometimes see our potential better than we can? I think of that question because whenever I am having a moment of self-doubt or bump bump against a challenge that has me betwixt and between, I often think of women like Madam Walker and Mrs. Bryant Howrod. Their stories help me to snap out of those woes me moments. Plus, they reinforce for me that there are many different paths to personal and financial success. Just look at the distinctive ways in which they've done that for themselves and for their families. So stay tuned for the next installment. But in the meantime, I'd love to know, who is the woman entrepreneur who inspires you? I am really curious, so let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram to share. Well, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast, this episode, please share it so we can reach more people and please follow us. It's a few months away, but if you'd like to join us for the next Pricing Masterclass on Thursday, June 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern via Zoom, go to jaquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass, and you can get all of the details and RSVP there. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, well, here's how you can do that. 
go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, tremendous thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you will tell me who is the woman entrepreneur who inspires you. Again, send me a direct message on Instagram. But in the meantime, may you have a wonderful rest of your day. And until next time, remember, it is about more than money. 